Look, sorry, I just needed to let that out. Yeah, you're uh, you're enjoying the Mandalorian, are you? <laughs> look, it's okay. Look, this isn't the worst episode of a Star Wars show we've ever gotten. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. It's not. I have some. Big issues with this episode. There's a lot of things about it that are a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Spoiler alert, this is probably this episode's probably a win for me. But it's uh it it's got some red. It's got some red in its ledger. Red in the ledger. Also, it's worth noting that from what we were do you remember we talked on the news show about how um how the Mandalorian was getting its like lowest ratings that it had its entire series. Yep. Yeah, those are down another twenty five percent. The viewership is down another twenty five percent. Yeah. <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. Yeah, that's Brady. Oh, oh, oh. The and it's the B, the B team. team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Carl. Hey-o. <laughs> and uh, we're, <laughs> we're here talking about Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 5, um, The Pirate. The Pirate. I guess. I guess. It's a lazy yeah. name, but it's fine. Um, look, some really cool things happen in this episode. Yeah, some we get really some nice cool things. payoffs from some past episodes. We see Zeb. Yeah. We see live action Zeb. And I'm yeah, telling you. For all those Rebels fans. Zeb have you seen looks, Rebels yet? I have. Zeb yeah. looks really good live oh, action. Oh, yeah. They blew the CGI budget on Zeb, I think. Like, he looked so good. I hope so. So, apparently, more. this isn't. I, I thought this was interesting. Apparently, they did facial mocap for Zeb's voice acting guy for this. Okay. Yeah. Role. Performance capture. Yeah, um, which they haven't done with a number of other characters that they've CGI'd. They should always uh, be doing performance don't look capture. as good, and probably one of the that's probably why he looks so much better. Yeah, um, I will say though that Big purple alien <laughs> part of Zeb's appearance is my first major issue with this episode. I don't know if like I'm the, the only one that berry? caught it. Yeah. Uh, so you caught it as well? Good luck. Know. It wasn't, gonna it wasn't it. Zeb as the member berry? It was something else? Oh, no. It was Zeb saying, good luck. You're going to need it. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> seriously? What Han Solo says to Lando in Return of the Jedi? Good luck. Yeah. You're going to need it. I was just yeah. like, that's not even like... I don't know. It'd be one thing it's, if we got, I've got a bad feeling about this. You want that in Star Wars. That is the one line that anybody can say at any point in Star Wars, and we will all drink the Kool-Aid and go, yes, it's Star Wars. <laughs> but like, to like, 
I don't know. It's like it. Th- this to me is almost as bad. It's not as bad, but it's almost as bad as if someone, if when Carl Weathers was sending his thing off to the Republic, he says, "Please help us. You're our only hope." That would have like <laughs> pissed me off royally. <laughs> yeah, and well, this was I, close yeah. to that. I I can I can sort of I I didn't even catch that. I mean. That uh, so that kind of connection, um, but it do, it does like if you've watched Rebels, it, him saying that totally fits with his character for sure. But it's right, like, already. The, but uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying though. It's already another like, character's if, line. Like, pardon. It's already another character's line. Like, yeah, it's, it's but like, just if you're going to other... give it to anybody, it I think within, within kind of this like universe to say again, I feel like Zeb's probably going to be one of the top characters mm-hmm. you're going to get to say the line again. It does make sense that he's New Republic. That was like a nice progression of like, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> like, he was he was integral in in the rebels episode yeah. or series, um, forming of the um, of the uh, rebellion resistance, rebel alliance, the rebellion. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I yeah. So we get to see Navarro. Uh, oh, sorry, real quick too, like. We see Zeb here, and then we'll probably talk about this next week in our in our news episode, but we just got the Ahsoka trailer drop, and there mm-hmm. are a whole bunch of other characters from the Ghost crew in that trailer. Mm-hmm. So we might see Zeb again in Ahsoka. Also, we, I, I, we're going to talk about it on the news next week, but it's worth noting. We do see the back of Thrawn's head. Yeah, and all of the nerds cried out in glee. <laughs> like, well, there were a number this? of things that would cause nerds to cry out in glee in that trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so we're back, back on, on Tatooine. the Mandalorian. Yeah, we're back on Tatooine, and um, no, <laughs> we're back on Navarro, um, and it, it, Navarro is booming. Right, you've got yep. Carl Weathers there, and he's like, you know, they're he's doing looking a good job. Yeah, they're looking at a hologram of like future development, and they're like, yep. "Ah, you know, Plan- move planning this." Planning out here. the city, they're playing yeah. Sim City with Navarro, basically, and uh, and then all of a sudden there is a pirate invasion that happens. Yep. That's part of the new Sim City expansion pack. Mm-hmm. And then we get the leader of the pirates on 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 the old telephonic device there, uh, Davy and Jones. He Solid looked great. Face. He looked great. He's clearly seemed to me like a practical puppet. Yeah. It's, um, it's, 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 it's always interesting to see new alien species in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This one seems like, like a weird mashup of like a Pizza the Hut and Davy Jones. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Um, who was the, I'm trying to think from Rebels. What's the, um, or not Rebels, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. 
Um, General Trench. I remember when we first see General Trench, and he's like this spider. He's like a tarantula alien thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so sometimes when they introduce new species in Star Wars, I'm just like, what? Really? Just there's like take, that whole there's yeah. that whole race of, of aliens that are basically just velociraptors. And you're like, well, <laughs> this is lazy. But uh, this worked. The, the, this in, yeah. in this episode, this worked for me. Well, we seen him in was it is the first or second episode too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so not in this much. Uh, he was he was introduced earlier, but yeah. yeah, we get a nice we get several nice kind of shots of him, which yeah, I think like the char- him as a character it looks good and he's very interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't they don't pay him off very well. Like he never leaves the ship. No. We never yeah. see him fighting in any capacity, which he probably wouldn't be very good in a gunfight or a, a fist fight because he's got a limp. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So then Carl Weathers reaches out, which he kind of. I think Carl Weathers realizes that this is kind of a long shot because he's basically told the New Republic to go f themselves, and now he's asking the New Republic for help, um, and. You know, so I he reaches out. It's probably a fool's hope, but what are you going to do, right? You, you're going to reach yeah. out. I don't know why he didn't start by reaching out to to Din. That seemed, I mean, I guess. Well, he probably he was didn't know how to get a more, hold of him. Well, and he's expecting more of an army versus one guy. Like, yeah, I, you know. Um, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know that Din has, what kind of pull Din has with mandalorians mm-hmm. or if um, the mandalorians will come and help because of the big shootout they had in the first season yep and so then the message gets received by what's his face so they're sitting at this bar with with zeb and um our new republic x-wing fighter asks to borrow a 1980s fax machine so that he can <laughs> What is it? The tech looked so old. Like, it looked very Star Wars, but it was like yeah. this big, clunky, like, you know, it looked like the first laptops that people had that were like these 10-pound bricks. Um, and then he goes and he tries to convince the New Republic to give us a hand yeah. to send people out. And who is this? Who is this actor? Teva? The character Teva? I uh, the the general that he's going to and asking for help from. Oh, uh, he's a comedian. He's been. I around. know he's yeah, in all he's kinds. He's got a of face things. that's recognizable, but he's never been a leading role. And so this is the thing that I think bothers me about some of these Star Wars shows is that. We can just, his name is, where is it? We can just start throwing people in. Like, they have all these little cameos. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about it because we're not going to have spoilers, but I, I, it has been spoiled for me who appears in next week's episode. 
Yeah, um, and I've watched next week's episode already. Yeah, you son of a. So just, I know I know what you're talking about. That and, throws off all of our conversations and the <laughs> theories that we're allowed to come up with because you already know the answers. You I son of a gun. Knew the answer. So you're not allowed to theorize about anything, and sure. we need to get better about recording these episodes earlier in the week so that you don't have. <laughs> A chance well, normally do- we would. We're recording know, on a I Friday, know. and normally we would have recorded on yeah. Monday before the episode came out. So, so, um, it, it this is the thing though about these Star Wars shows <laughs> is you can just start throwing like you could have Ben Affleck show up, you could have Ben Affleck and Matt Damon show up in an episode of Mandalorian in these sort of sides, you know, whatever, do it and then throw them away characters and they're only there for one episode and it's a fun little cameo right and it doesn't really mean all that much whereas in true proper star wars if it came out tomorrow that we're doing star wars episode 10 and and ben affleck and matt damon are gonna be that's huge freaking news like that becomes a significant thing whereas here we're just kind of like you know all of a sudden so-and-so is, uh, I guess, their Star Wars canon. Like, the person, the pe- two people who are showing up next week. I, I, okay, I guess they're just Star Wars canon. Like, it, it's yeah. no big deal. We're not going to make a deal out of it. And, and I agree with this kinda, point they're just there. 100%. It, yeah. It, I, like, especially after watching the, the episode after this, it just, it feels... And even this episode with this general guy, like it feels weird to see somebody so recognizable in Star Wars and then not be have a more prominent role, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Like most most Star Wars actors, even leading roles, are are either complete unknowns or relatively small or mm-hmm. and lesser known. I would say with and that one makes, exception. For me, I think that makes the world feel a little more real. Mm-hmm. When Jack, when this guy shows up as a general and is kind of playing a role that he normally plays, like he's, he's kind of typecast as, as this general, whether they wrote mm-hmm. the general for him or they changed how the general acts because of him or he did his own thing with it whatever right like he's kind of he kind of made the general how he normally is in almost every sitcom or movie yeah you see when he's it. like "Ooh, it's not looking good like yeah you know it just it, it feels it, it felt it, like him if it feels like the actor and not a not a a person living in this world in, in this world it feels like yeah. oh he's he's acting he's an actor mm-hmm. so like like next episode when shows up it's the oh, same dude, thing it's stop, like stop stop uh, spoilers what, whatever people, no, people are no 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 i'm <laughs> but anyway, I have that's to, the no, most I'm i'll say that that's out the most i'll say but like it feels off where if they had cast somebody lesser known the the exception to this i would say is if these big celebrities are play more of a role want to be in a want to be in the show make them an extra right dave filoni is in this episode yeah dave filoni and one of the other directors who directs 
has has directed a couple Mandalorian shows, are sitting at the bar across from Zeb and T- Tiva, mm-hmm. having a drink. And Dave Filoni's like wearing his cowboy hat and and like a rebel's jacket. Mm-hmm. Like he looks or like um so like that he's in he's in that he's in there you don't notice it unless you rewind and go and watch it again but he's mm-hmm. there are several shots where you don't look at him because he's not the predominant um uh thing that's being in the in the shot right like your eyes not drawn that direction mm-hmm. he's either kind of a little bit blurry in the foreground or he's way off to the side of the screen um but like that's how these these like unless they're cast as like the main lead for the show uh th- then i think they should be relegated to extras cuz up until this point the biggest names that we've gotten in star wars like the biggest <clears throat> if, if you're looking at the films the biggest names there's three there's three people who were a well-known face prior to being in Star Wars. And two of them worked perfectly, and one of them was very jarring. And people are going to go, oh, I like Harrison Ford. No, no, because before Star Wars, like Harrison Ford was not really a household name. He was a set maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd been in American Graffiti, and that was yeah. kind of it. Um, so the big names were Sam Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um. But but it worked because they balanced his character properly. Yeah, the and one that's pretty di- predominant. He was a pretty. He wasn't like the main character, but he was yeah main enough that it didn't seem like a bit part. One that felt odd was Laura Dern in the sequel trilogy when Laura Dern shows up in the Last Jedi, just because it's like oh, it's the girl from Jurassic Park. Like she she was in something that was too big. To just all of a sudden kind of show up and is sort of a main character of that movie, but like I I don't know for some reason right. that just felt weird. The other one well, that was and this her one's character gonna sound, felt weird to begin with. Yeah, this to one's gonna honest. sound really strange, but it was a big deal. Was and and you don't see this person's face, so you can get away with it totally, and so it doesn't really count. But this is a, the other big name that was brought in for Star Wars was Frank Oz. Frank Oz doing the voice and and puppeteering of Yoda. Right. Right? Because you think about it, this is the 70s. Everybody knows Sesame Street. Everybody knows the Muppets. Like, you may not know that Frank Oz is Miss Piggy and Grover and all these other characters, but... Frank Oz was a a big... He was also the person that you're going to get. Right? You're like, ah, we need a puppeteer. If you need a puppeteer of some kind of animatronic, then... It was either going to be Frank Oz or it was going to be Jim Henson. Like, that was was your option. Um, But, yeah. No, it's just... It's weird. It's weird to have these people showing up. Um, But in this scene, we also get confirmation... You were right, sir. We get confirmation of a theory that we had previously, two weeks ago, which was... The question was, what the hell is up with, what are the motivations of this chick, the girl that, like, romances the scientist and then stabs him in the back and brainwashes him? 
Yeah. And, and um, it's, it's an, this is also a nice payoff. I don't think it was worth an, a, the major part of an episode, but it's a right. nice, pay, it is, it does pay off nicely. And so, yeah, we get confirmation that um, she's definitely still in the pocket of, or a sympathizer or a loyalist to Moff Gideon. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think this is a good point to uh, opportunity to kind of, dive into kind of some lore and world building that is done outside of movies and TV that, and that I didn't really realize till I started watching the breakdown videos for the Mandalorian. But when the empire was defeated and the rebel Alliance kind of took control of the galaxy and formed a government, they essentially just did um, it's kind of, they kind of in terms of storytelling they've kind of paralleled what what the United um, I don't not not United Nations but the Allied forces did to Germany after the First World War, which is essentially they just disarmed the empire. They took all their weapons. Yeah. And because the galaxy was so big that any planet that aligned themselves with the empire, they said, <clears throat> you can still align yourself with the empire. You just aren't allowed to have any kind of weapons or military. Yeah. You guys are just losers. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're, you're allowed to continue being you, but we're going to strip you of all of your abilities so that you can't cause problems. <clears throat> yeah. So they, which is, why there are so many <clears throat> kind of imperial warlords still lurking about. And uh, a lot of these planets are kind of more on the outer rim too, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <clears throat> this is all in, a lot of this is in uh, novelizations that I haven't read myself. Yeah. But it's. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll talk. You mute your mic and fix your voice because you're yeah. uh, you're you're struggling there. Um, I it, this is where look. So then we kind of move into this battle, and this this dog fight in in not in space but in like the atmosphere. Uh, it's it's really fun to look at. It's a great fight. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of activity, but there's a couple of things that just make me cringe. There's a couple of things that just drive me up the wall. The first is, are you talking about the, the Mandalorians fighting the pirates? Yeah. Oh, I think you got to, we got, you're, you're jumping over the, the, the Tiva, Tava going to visit the Mandalorians and the Mandalorians making their decision. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Okay. We can talk about that. I mean, it's a cool scene. That's a pretty crucial moment and i yeah i mean i think it's that whole scene to me just feels like set up so that there can be that one great line of them being like you know yes we're going to go because we're mandalorians because we're and it's like okay yeah like that's that's cool like it it it, it could have gone either way but i kind of feel like you were creating suspense for no reason because it seemed like there wasn't really much of a decision to happen like you kind of knew from the get-go that, yeah, you were going to do it. You don't really have a choice because you are Mandalorians. 
but um, maybe you saw it different. I don't know. I thought it. I thought it worked really well. Um, well I'm not saying it doesn't. I was just yeah. I thought. I thought the again, again. This is like a kind of a payoff moment again from something from some setup and build up earlier. Mm-hmm. But again, kind of like with the. Um, imperial sympathizer working within the republic the the r3 him him giving giving away the location of the mandos was Mm -hmm. uh was pretty good i thought yeah um okay so this dog fight i got two big issues issue number one is that when Din and the crew first show up and the pirate sees the ship, sees Din's ship come in, the first thing that he says, and I I mean, I get it. I guess it kind of works, but it just felt like a, a an intentional and on the nose and in your face name drop of the show when the pirate guy goes, it's the Mandalorian. <laughs> And I was like, what? Come on. <clears throat> like, I, it just felt a little... I mean, I guess that's what the pirate would know him as. Yeah, would he know him? He's His name is Din Djarin? No, but like... Like, yeah, we didn't... We as we as viewers didn't realize his name till... Yeah, no, no, for like sure. Almost the end, till almost the end of the first season. And I still don't like to use it. I just call him Mando, but... Uh, it, I don't know. It's just something about <clears throat> it's the Mandalorian. <laughs> like it just—it's so stupid. It's that Mandalorian jerk that blew up a bunch of our ships or a couple days ago. There is one other moment. <clears throat> There's another moment in this trailer that does not make any logistical sense whatsoever, especially because a precedent has been set in the show where we discover that this is not how we handle these situations. And instead, they chose to ignore logic. They chose to ignore common sense and decided to sell toys, decided to sell T-shirts, decided to sell lunchboxes. And that is, if you're going into a firefight where anything could happen, firefights are dangerous business, why is Grogu simply just sitting on the Mandalorian's lap during this whole fight? Now, look, some people be like, well, where else are you going to put him? We've seen many times where Mando knows that he's going into combat and he places, he either places Grogu on a bigger, safer ship or on a ship that's not going into battle or on a place that like drops him off somewhere along the way right. so that he's not a part of it. <clears throat> the only reason Grogu is sitting on Din's lap is because the image of little Grogu riding bitch on a <laughs> on on Din's lap inside this fighter is a aww. <laughs> like it's that's it. That is they are riding on and banking on this. Look how cute of a character we've made. You're all obsessed with them. We're gonna sell a hundred t-shirts. We're gonna sell this, that, and the other thing. Like, you know, it, because 
is to give an example, Brienne just <clears throat> sent off Easter cards to her two nephews, right? Right. And they're young, young nephews who sent off cards with some pictures in them because I guess they like pictures. So she printed out some pictures of the last time they came to visit and stuff and, <clears throat> and also included little sticker books. And one of the little sticker books for one of the nephews is a Baby Yoda is a Grogu sticker book. Now, this nephew is obsessed with Grogu. Okay. But he's like five. He's never seen the Mandalorian. He's never seen the Mandalorian. It's the merchandising power of Baby Yoda. And that's all this shot was, was, you know, look, <laughs> look how cute it is that I have this yeah. Baby Yoda on my lap. Probably not even strapped in. Like, I, unless, unless Din has gone ahead and installed some additional uncomfortable against the crotch kind of straps for baby Yoda, then this is wildly unsafe and inappropriate. That is my, aside from that, this is a firefight is fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It's high energy. It's great. It's the visually it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's just so yeah, dumb. I agree. So your point about Grogu, um, I, I can, I agree it's for merchandising. I think lore wise, they kind of, they, it's, it's kind of, it, it, it's okay. But at the same time, they shoot themselves in the foot a bit in terms of world building because Grogu is now a Mandalorian foundling. He, he is a Mandalorian by creed, by right. Shut your mouth. And uh, well, he is. You can't you can't deny the fact he is right. He's 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 Din Djarin's foundling baby. He, he's the he's, indoctrination uh, has begun. I but, will concede to that. I think you give you give a lot a lot of hate to this the the chil- the children of the watch. Oh, I'm excited. Mando I am very group. excited for the end of this episode because I believe that we're headed in the right direction and it may have been <laughs> the the sapling of the confirmation of one of my theories. So I'm okay. I'm all over this. Anyway, <clears throat> my what I um what I'm what I'm saying is if he's a Mandalorian, he's going to be raised to know and battle and be able to fight well. And part of that is kind of like, you know, if bringing, bringing your kid into battle it is, and even this is like in, in the old lore, the, um, <clears throat> old canon, this is kind of like what Mandalorians would do, you know, like w- when appropriate, you bring your kid comes to, f- to the battle too. Right. So that's what I see this as, but at the same time. They're they're this kind of they shoot themselves in the foot because where are all the other foundlings in this fight, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, well, the other foundlings don't sell T-shirts. <clears throat> yeah, there there's no other foundlings in this fight. <clears throat> so why aren't they there? And you can't say you can't kind of use the excuse of well, there no Wouldn't Mando didn't have anyone to to leave Grogu with. Absolutely. The armor didn't come. Stay with the armor. The armor came. Oh, did she? Yeah, she's the one that took out the turret. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, but, but still, there's but people there. Where are the other foundlings? Yeah. Right? The other foundlings are old enough they can look after him. Yeah. Right? 
<clears throat> also, Grogu's in his fifties, so like, so, does he really need yeah, someone he's, to take he's got, care of him? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there there was obviously a safe place he could have been left. So either uh, Din Djarin is kind of possessive and untrusting <laughs> of other foundlings, or yeah, he just wanted to sell t-shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So on one side, they're doing some. There is some cool world building that's kind of happening potentially with that, but on the other hand, they don't they don't f- follow through with it a hundred percent. It would have been really cool to have a few older foundlings ob- that are obviously foundlings or <clears throat> young Mandalorians that are in this fight too. Yeah, but <clears throat> yeah, the fight the fight as a whole the the dog fight and the ground battle, seeing the Mandalorians like go to town on these pirates and kind of the battle the battle's not like a one-way swing like the mandalorians just don't come in and sweep sweep the through the town and easily take out the like there are some moments where it's kind of there's some kind of back and forth right like mm-hmm. the first group of mandalorians they're like they're cleaning up and then all of a sudden they get ambushed and they just barely escape the ambush because some tree monkeys are like hey look out <laughs> exactly and, <laughs> and then then they're pinned down and then we're boxed uh, in the big the big guns come down and push forward some more and then they get pinned down again you know so it's was, it was a really fun fun battle mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> so the battle happens we save the day and uh everyone's rejoicing and then bo-katan gets informed that the armorer has requested your presence <clears throat> And Bo-Katan's thinking, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> now, like uh-oh, what I do? For it. Yeah, what <laughs> I do? Gotta go to the principal's office. <laughs> yeah. And um, in a moment that I think shocked everybody, and I didn't understand at first, like, my reaction was not immediate excitement. My reaction was, uh, what's going on? Was when the armorer looks at Bo-Katan and says, remove your helmet. And Bo-Katan's like, uh, what? <laughs> and the armorer says, "Do you respect my? You know, do you respect this forge or whatever?" She says, "Yep." And Bo-Katan says, "Yes." And the armorer repeats herself, says, "Remove your helmet." And Bo-Katan does it very hesitantly. Like, is this? This is definitely a. a she is an Admiral Akbar moment. Yeah. Right. She, she's well, like, she's. It's a trap. <laughs> like she's like. <clears throat> this has become her family. It's mm-hmm. where because she's been essentially cast off by her, the the Mandalorian clan that she was a part of has essentially thrown her by the wayside, and now she's found a new home, and yeah. her new home is asking her to do something that will get her kicked out of her new home. Her new <laughs> home, and so she does it. She takes her helmet off. And um, and I just instantly I felt this sigh of relief. I'm like, yes, finally, take off your stupid helmet, <laughs> like just end end the oppression. And um, so she takes her helmet off, and the armorer goes on to explain that almost like the armorer's eyes have been opened. The armorer is able to be a little bit of an outside-of-the-box thinker here for a second and realize that 
Bo-Katan is in a position where she has lived both lives, where, you know, it's it's possible that these diehard cultist Mandalorians who have only ever lived that lifestyle are a little less, not perceptive, but don't have the world knowledge, don't have the mileage, don't have the 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 insight from the other side of things to be able to see the whole picture. And Bo-Katan does. And so Bo-Katan is in a position to be able to go and recruit and unite Mandalorians. And I think this is this is the start of two things. I think ultimately Bo-Katan is going to become Mandalore. I think that that's the writing is on the wall, right? That she is the <clears throat> natural leader. She's the ideal leader because of these things. But also, I want to point out that this this scene means more than just what's being said on the surface. Because Bo-Katan could be all these things and could be the one to go and unite and do whatever and be sent off to blah, blah, blah. None of that requires her removing her helmet. I didn't require her removing her helmet. Her being told to remove her helmet from the armorer was the armorer kind of widening her perspective, uh, the armor <clears throat> widening her own perspective and and sort of admitting that there may be more than one way to do this. Oh, there, there you go. That's deep. There may be more than one way. And hmm. so I do believe that this is the, be- because I was almost half convinced. I didn't, it could have gone either way, but while this scene was unfolding, I thought there's a 50-50% chance that we're about to see the armorer take her helmet off too. And she didn't. Mm. And, but she walks Bo-Katan out in front of all the other Mandalorians with her helmet off. And then I was still like, there's a 50-50% chance that we're going to start dropping some buckets here. And (laughs) we didn't. But I do think it's on the horizon. I do. I, think I don't think th- it's going to happen. I, but uh, then why? And, then and why allow Bo-Katan to do it? For for the reasons that the armorer said, and this is like this was my thoughts when I watched this, and has no bearing on what I've seen in, for the future. Um, Bo- Bo-Katan has walked both worlds. She can't go to the other world, adhering to the creed. Uh, and by by the letter of the creed like she can't you know you know what i mean like the other side man mandalorian culture is clan based house based right and every house and every clan will follow the creed and a way of life a little bit differently so the children of the watch are following the creed to the letter. Um, and they believe that if you're a foundling, if you, as long as you're following the creed, then you are Mandalorian where the kind of the, 
the clan of the night owls that uh, Bo-Katan comes from, and prior to that Death Watch, they're just as zealous as the as as the children of the Watch, but their zealousy revolves around the dark saber. Only the dark saber, only person wielding the dark saber, can be Mandalorian. And only that that person has to be blood Mandalorian to lead. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> there's, there's zealousy all over Mandalore. It's just like their adherence to what part <laughs> is a little bit different. So, but, but can she, you, can she, you le- agree? she's walked both worlds, right? She can't, she can't go back. She can't recruit the other side that believes you can take your helmet off with with her helmet on but here's the thing if she goes and recruits people with her helmet off from the side that doesn't like to keep their helmets on then they're not going to like if she successfully recruits them they're not going to start keeping their helmets on no so and she won't al- require them to no so we're already blowing the do- we're, we're already going to blow the doors wide open on the you're, fact that no you're assuming now- you're assuming, though, that... Hang on, let me... No, 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 let me finish. We're... You will have... If her if her purpose is to go out and recruit people to come back and be a part of the Creed, to unite Mandalore and have everybody, instead of having all these different little individual sort of groups that all have different ideologies and all, you know, whatever, let's unite and if she's going to recruit these people and not require them to wear helmets, then already that blows the doors wide open and you will have a united Mandalore where those who keep their helmets on are going to be chummy with, are going to be part of the same group as those who don't keep their helmets on, which has the potential to lead to those who do keep their helmets on, start to question, oh, uh, we have other people who are part of our same our same thing and they don't keep their helmets on. And so maybe, uh, maybe keeping my helmet on isn't as important as we thought it was. But either way, if I'm right and Bo-Katan <clears throat> ends up becoming Mandalore, becomes the leader, becomes the one to to lead them all into this new era, then if your leader says, if you, if you have a leader whose opinion is you don't got to keep your helmet on, then I, I don't see how you're not going to see more Mandalorians start to take their helmet off. So your assumption is on the basis that United clans kind of, will will cause those clans beliefs to disintegrate evolve not disintegrate or evolve (laughs) and i don't i don't think that's uh that premise could be could be taken the other way just as easily united clans doesn't means that they adhere to their own clan beliefs firm even more firmly to distinguish themselves from the other clans possibly <clears throat> but again right? if like, bo-katan ends united up clans Mandalore. doesn't mean that they they become the one belief system now 
I don't disagree with the fact that, you know, like if I, if I'm children of the watch and all the clans unite and I'm like, man, I want this no helmet thing. That seems like a good deal. Yeah. And I go to another clan and be like, can I join your clan? Well, I'm sure there's, I mean, I don't think they're going to get into it because this is a lot of unnecessary world building and time on screen. They might not do it on screen. Maybe they'll do it in a book or a comic book or something, but you know, like I would, I would assume that that would be possible to like change clans, but you would have to be accepted into that clan. Like if you're a night owl and you want to become part of the children of the watch, well, the only way to become a children of watch is to go baptize yourself in the living waters and then never take your helmet off. I think all right. If you don't do that, you can't join. I think there'll be similar, like the other clans will have similar prerequisite prerequisites to be able to join them. The night owls might not let you join. If you're not a full blooded Mandalorian, if you're a foundling too bad, you're stuck with the children of the watch. We don't want you. I think all borders are going to be broken down. I think Bo-Katan's going to be the new leader. I, think she's I don't going think the to borders be will be broken down. I think they'll just be merged. They'll just, yeah. they'll just come, come together. Well, we, separate we, but we together. We got a gentleman's bet going, and we've we've literally only got. I'm going based on a recent announcement. I'm going to assume we have one more season of Mandalorian, and then the movie. Because for those that don't know, it has been announced that Dave Filoni will direct a film that will tie up and bring a conclusion to the Din and Grogu storyline. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that's, I'm guessing, like, based on how long it takes to get a season and X, Y, Z, I'm guessing we've got one more season of of Mandalorian. I guess, I'm guessing season four will be the last episode of the show, and then we'll have the film. We'll probably get, so. like, a season of Mandalorian and then a season called The Book of Bo-Katan or something. Yeah, <laughs> and some stupid shit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, as far as that thing goes, yeah, the the I don't. I think we definitely have a different opinion. A bit, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and then we see, uh, what is it? Tivo is that his name? Tiva, Tiva. He's just you know bumming through space, doing his thing, falling asleep well, at the stick, as I would imagine you would do in. Well, I. Yeah, he's probably more than likely tracking down some leads. Yeah, but <laughs> he probably I, didn't just happen upon this ship. And uh, all of a sudden, he sees a very familiar-looking ship. We've seen this many times in Star Wars before—a landing shuttle. And it's in rough shape, to say the least. The cockpit's been breached. There's a big hole in the side of it where a blaster's obviously hit it. And all of the people inside of it are new, new Republic sickles. Um, and uh, we see, you know, I get f- fuzzy sometimes. Fuzzy, I get w- weird sometimes about not adjusting canon, but adding new little bits into canon that we already, like, you have to be careful when you do this type of thing, when you're like, oh, you know this thing that you've known for for 45 years now? I bet you didn't know this about it. This worked sure for me, though. With this. The astromech probe? 
Oh. <laughs> when all of a sudden we find out that Astromex, that, that eye that pops up that we've seen many times, that that sucker comes out. <clears throat> That's a probe. And it can go. And it's just like if you if you just tack it on to the list of things that Astromex can do. Like, look at all the things you've seen R2-D2 do in the past. Astromix have got to be the most advanced piece of technology in the entire galaxy. They're they're pretty they're pretty cool. They are the Swiss Army knife of droids. They're oh yeah, <laughs> truly incredible. I think they've always been that. And I mm, uh, I don't I don't think I have a problem with this. I take I look at this as more of like this is an this is an upgrade or a more advanced uh, droid. Like I don't think R two D two could have ever done this. I don't know, man. R2 was constantly whipping out new new tricks. Yeah, but like he used the his, his thruster jets once in Attack of the Clones. And in Reve- Revenge of the Sith. Did he use them in Revenge of the Sith? He oh, he used the, them briefly at the beginning to light some grease To light on the fire. oil, yeah. Yeah. But then, like, why doesn't he ever use them again? We never see them, him use them again. Because he right. didn't need to. So, like, did he get downgraded? Did he never never refuel them? Did something happen to them? You know, so, but the in in canon, there are a wide variety of astromechs. Like R3, who we see in this episode, who ratted out the Mandalorians. It's true. R2 is, is only an R2 unit. There are much newer yeah. models. Yeah, so like, there's all kinds of so this could be a a very new model of an an astromech droid. Yeah, with all the bells and whistles, right? But still, man, or it could be it could be a very fancy upgrade that only is exists kind of post Civil War. I mean, Obi Wan had the most advanced model, right? Obi Wan had an R four unit. Yeah. So, and I don't. Do we ever see an R five? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe this is an R5. What did he did he call it? What did he did he name it? I don't know. You said R3, so I'm just going off that. Well, R3, it wasn't R3 in his X-Wing fighter though. I don't know. He didn't take R3 with him. I don't know. I'm looking, I'm pretty uh, sure he talks to it and tells it. There anyway. is R0. Okay, so there are 6 series of Astromechs. There's R0, R1, R2, R3, R4, R5 and R6. I guess that's seven series of them yeah there are seven different series the one that poe dameron uses is, is an r6 when he's mm. when he doesn't have pb8 right i got some wikipedia reading to do later today huh cool i'm just gonna google his astromech uh, r5 has the flat top carson all- tiva's r uh, astromech is an r7 r7 that's not on wikipedia that's bullshit r7s don't know. exist that's uh the first thing that comes up is starwars.fandom.com r7 it's bullshit r7 carson diva tiva <clears throat> i mean uh, it, these are also it's you know maybe this is the first time we've seen one and so Wikipedia hasn't updated. Yeah. Someone's got to get in and, and you can't just start throwing shit in, you know, Wikipedia. It's 
pretty solid. So you got to get like, you got to know the facts. You got to like do a little digging here and find out like, okay, what, what do we know and what don't we know? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah. So find, he finds a out that uh, Buddy Boy got either sprung or captured. Yeah, Moff Gideon, which is, has been his ongoing theory. Has been his ongoing theory. Like back when he's talking with um, with all of the people um, in the bar, he's like, yeah. he's like, uh, yeah, like I, you know, he he's he's been hot on the trail of the fact that Moff Gideon never made it to trial. Yeah. So this is con- confirmed, and there is a little bit of um, of Beskar that's been kind of lodged into the wall. Now, this could be their assumption. Then is like, <gasps> is this confirmation that um, that Moff Gideon was sprung by Mandalorians? I don't think it is necessarily <clears throat> confirmation. It could be. Um, you know, it could be a frame well, job. It's, it's a yes and a no, I think. Like there's there they they've got potential to go anywhere with this. It doesn't it's not a, doesn't give us a whole lot of information. Yeah. Because if you watch Rebels, you 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 learn that the Mandal there are a number of Mandalorians who end up fa- uh, falling in line and working for the Empire. They become yes. imperial super commandos. Yeah. So the they they was he sp- sprung by Mandalorians? I think the answer is yes, most definitely. But we don't know if he was. Maybe it was the Night Owls, who or some other st- group of Mandalorians who are pissed off at him because he destroyed their planet, mm-hmm. and they want to kill him. Um. So. Maybe he was captured by Mandalorians to be tortured and killed or whatever. Maybe he was sprung by uh, Mandalorians who still fall, who are still kind of Imperial sympathizers. We don't know. Yeah. And maybe there's a third option there. We don't, we're not considering maybe, maybe they're just Imperials who have Beskar armor and weapons. Yeah. Because, that's kind of what because I'm the empire, potential. the empire had control of, Mandalore and stripped it of its resources, so they got to have a stockpile of Beskar somewhere. And they're doing something mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not just leaving that in a vault for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's the episode. Uh, so, Mandalorian season three, episode <clears throat> five. Is this a win or a fail for you? I think overall it's a win. Yeah, I liked I like the payoffs for the um, the the Imperial spy lady. I like the payoff for our three a little bit kind of, it makes those earlier episodes where we see them less, um, like looking back now as like a whole product of Mandalorian season three. It makes those other episodes more palatable in hindsight. Like if you're going to rewatch it and you know that what's coming, Yep. You're like, oh, this is this is cool. Okay, we're learning that this imperial sympathizer is a spy. She mm-hmm. is kind of working within the system to help the empire, and the 
the new what will become the first order happen which i never had an issue with that other episode <clears throat> you were like this doesn't make any sense it's got nothing yeah. to do with anything it shouldn't be here and i was like yeah. nah, i was it's... i was hoping for payoff and yeah. i feel like it's i've gotten it i feel like i'm hoping for more still i don't okay. think i'll get any more i think that was it unless we find out more about like we uh, i need a follow up with that scientist i need to find out just how bad the damage is that's been done and mind <laughs> yeah and what kind of shape he's in yeah yeah i suppose but yeah so there's um yeah it was so the payoffs were nice like why are why did he have to get r3 when any other astromech could have been it could have been any other astromech okay the payoff that he'll eventually rat out the the children of the watch because they're a hidden hidden away so well so that they can go, come save the day all right that works all right that's i can i can i can dig that right mm-hmm. i think that was a better payoff than the um the imperial spy but yeah. anyway cool yeah i think it was a win cool and how about you you already said it was a win but yeah, go into I, it for us ultimately i think it was a win um like I said, I just, there's just like some major issues there. Like, why the hell is Grogu sitting on your lap, you irresponsible deadbeat dad? Um, <laughs> stuff like the good luck, you're going to need it. <laughs> like, I just, come on. Come on. Right? Use some different words. Like, I just, those words have been said. Um, and uh, and then really only that other moment was the, uh, it's the Mandalorian. <laughs> Like I just yeah, that's thank you. Forgot what show I was watching. It's uh you brought me up to speed there. Yeah, ultimately I think it's a win. It's not the worst episode of a Star Wars show we've gotten. And um you know, so that's 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 a good thing. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all listed down below. It's a way to get in touch with us and vote on our votes so you can choose what movies we're going to watch and review next. Uh, Patreon, for as little as a buck a month, you can support the show and get some fun perks, including having increased voting power on the previously mentioned votes there. Done the, you know, the ones there that tell you what we're going to watch and review. Uh, And merch. If you like wearing things or having things, then uh, we got you covered. And as a bonus, mm. it's got our logo on it. So maybe we'll we'll make a Grogu shirt. Maybe we will well, get. It'll it'll have a picture of, of Grogu and it and somewhere on it it says, "I'm just here to sell merchandise." I'm just here to sell merch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, until until we convene next week to talk about the next episode. This is the way. But this is the way. But I think there might be more than one way. So, <laughs> well, there's definitely more than one way. That's why there's many clans. And hopefully we're going to explore and embrace <laughs> some other ways. Yeah. This is the way, but that's also the way. And this could be the way too. Yeah.